This is my tribe. 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 What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. Give them words to say and eyes to see their hurt. 
You've told us that nothing can separate us from you and your love. Not life, not death. So just please remind us tonight just how close you really are and what matter or carry. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. So, have you guys ever had a thought run through your head? Immediately followed by a thought of, like, where the crap did that just come from? Like, why am I thinking that? So, for example, just this morning, some of the weird things. I'm a weird dude. If you know me, I think a lot of weird things. I do weird things. Whatever. But this morning, one of the weird things I'm already thinking of is, I was like, is a hot dog a sandwich? Or, like, is it its own thing? Yes. Is it a sandwich? Thank you. Where were you this morning? <laughs> Another question I was asking is, this one like really gets me. I don't know why. Does a straw have one hole or two holes? Two. Two. It's a cylinder. <laughs> it is a cylinder. But does it have one or two holes? Got to answer my question. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys can think about it another time. It's actually not that. But one of the other questions that came to my head today was, do I actually like these permanent tattoos that I chose to put on my body forever and ever? And like, I'm like, oh, where, why am I thinking of that? You know, was that a mistake? But usually I just calm myself down with it real quick by saying, like, you know, I'm not here for a long time, I'm just here for a good time, right? Everybody else say that? Am I the only one that has these thoughts when they wake up in the morning? No? That's good. I'm glad it's not just me. So let's put it this way. If I were to somehow create a device that could kind of seep into your brain, and monitor your brain activity for 24-7. Now, first off, that would be really, 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 really creepy. So, like, I'm not going to do that. But if I did, I imagine that somewhere along the line, I'd find some pretty dark thoughts. Like, some absolutely terrifying things. And how do I know this? Why do I feel this way? I think because, quite frankly, we all have so tonight, I want to address one of these dark, terrifying thoughts. Suicide. And much like Tebow stated last week, this kind of talk, this kind of conversation, it usually puts you in one of three camps. You either are having suicidal thoughts, you know someone who has suicidal thoughts, or you don't really see the point in why we're talking about it. You're like, I know it's out there, but... Does it really pertain to us? So, I want to kind of address all of these camps at some point before this is over. In some way, shape, or form. So if you are one of those people who doesn't get it or doesn't understand why we're talking about it, I just ask that tonight you just please listen. Because I think it is a lot more prevalent in our culture today than you may understand. So like I said before, Every person has strange thoughts from time to time, right? Like we all do. 
It's our brains. Sometimes we don't know where they go. They just go off onto these tangents, all these rabbit holes. But just about every single person that I know has thought about what it would be like if they were dead. And if I'm being completely transparent, I have had those thoughts before. Like I have wondered to myself, what would it be like if I was no longer here? The first time you think about it, it like kind of freaks you out maybe. Like it's one of those things where you're, it's like that, where did that come from? Like why am I thinking that? That's weird. I probably shouldn't be thinking that way. But then about the thousandth time that it crosses your mind, it seems kind of normal. But that's what's so scary about suicide. The people who have done it, oftentimes and more often than not, have become very comfortable with the idea of just being dead for a while now. It wasn't the uh, first time they thought about it the day they chose to take their life. Most of the time, they've been processing this for a long, long time. And as time went on, and nothing interrupted those thoughts, it just became normal. Once the idea that the world without them would just move on, or even worse, would become a better place, they feel hopeless. But this makes sense, right? How can we have any hope at all if we think that us being dead is actually going to make the world around us a better place? You can't. There is no hope in that. For some, believing that they should just die when they're depressed or they're sad or they're going through something is just really, really normal. Because there's nothing unusual about it because they've been thinking about it over and over and over. And if you give, the truth is, if you give any thought enough time and enough repetition and an isolated brain, it eventually gets pretty uncomfortable. And if you aren't careful, a thought of something like, I should just take myself out of this world, can feel surprisingly very rational. This is the part that I need you to understand. That isn't a rational thought. The truth of it is, what it is is a lie. It's a continuous lie that the devil is trying to feed you so you can't live a life full of joy. So you can't live a full life. There has never been a bigger lie than the one that we tell ourselves that we are worthless. And maybe this is you and no one around you knows it. It was me. I sat in a room just like this, feeling that exact way, feeling like every single person around me had no idea what was going on inside my head. Maybe you don't even realize that what you're thinking about has come normal to you. But looking back on it, if you're being honest, you can take a second to be honest with yourself and say, yeah, this actually has been popping into my head over and over. And it really just doesn't seem that crazy to me anymore. In fact, maybe me standing here talking about it right now doesn't scare you at all. If that's you, or you know someone who has normalized this kind of thinking, I need you to listen. And we need you to listen carefully. Because I think over these next few minutes that we spend together, there is a good possibility and the potential that it could save your own life or the life of someone that you really, really care for. 
So there was once a time in my life where I thought suicide was basically a myth. Thought it was a fairy tale. I was young, but not young enough to have actually really believed that. Sure, I'd heard of depression and suicide. I'd heard of it happening before, right? But it wasn't going to happen to anyone I knew. So what's the big deal? Until one day, I got a phone call from my mother. And she called me and she said, hey, Morgan, um, your uncle, he was found dead in his house today. I wanted you to hear from me before you heard from anybody else. And at first I'm like, oh my God, like, what happened? Like, was it a heart attack? Like, I knew he wasn't like the most healthy person in the world, but like, what happened? Was it an accident? Or even like crazy or the thoughts going through my head or was he murdered? Like, I'm just, I'm just battling all these different scenarios throughout my head this entire time. And she says, no, no, Morgan, there was actually, there was a shotgun that was found right by him. He killed himself. And this day rocked me to the core. Someone in my family killed themselves? Like, what, what? But I thought he was happy. I thought he was Okay. Hey, what was he thinking? What was going through his head? I don't know. And then as slowly as time went on, if you were here last week, I kind of told you a brief story of how in college I started to, started to get to feeling really lost and down. Then my grandmother passed away shortly after all of this. I saw my own mother become deeply, deeply depressed. And then I started having thoughts of my own about what the point was. I finally realized, man, this, this suicide stuff is real. Like, this depression stuff is real. It's not this crazy myth that can't happen to anybody. Like, this stuff's real. And I started noticing more and more and more people around me who just seemed like they were putting a mask on everywhere they went. Like, you could tell they weren't really happy. And I began questioning everything. Like, why even exist? For what? For this? For, for, for feeling this way? For watching people I love be so miserable? But you see, when someone's going through this or when someone is considering suicide, it usually means that they've forgotten certain things about themselves or never knew about themselves in the first place. And here's what I mean. Most people who consider suicide, they think something like this. They can't imagine contributing anything worthwhile to the world. They've convinced themselves that the solution to all of this is just to be gone forever. Nothing that they've done so far has convinced them otherwise. And their pain feels constant. So in other words... They don't see that their life has any value whatsoever. They feel valueless. They feel worthless. Even when the people around them know it's not true. But that's the problem. Everyone around them may be able to see their worth, but they can't. Someone having suicidal thoughts has been absolutely robbed of their ability to see their own value and their own worth. And Jesus actually says this in John 10.10. 10. He says, the thief comes 
only to steal and kill and destroy. And this thief that he's talking about is doing something very, very specific. This thief steals our joy. He kills our hope. He destroys the life that God gave us. And if it goes on for too long without any interruption, a thief can steal a lot. Maybe you can't imagine your pain ever stopping. Maybe you can't imagine ever feeling happy again. Maybe you can't imagine living a life that could ever make a difference in this world. And there's an even bigger issue that arrives here. We live in a society now that's completely normalized suicide as being the easy way out. They've almost glorified it in a way that this is just what you do when you feel like you can't take it anymore. But then it's a double-edged sword because it creates this stigma that if you do commit suicide or if you do have suicidal thoughts, then you're a weak human. You know, we have these shows on Netflix over the last few years, you guys have probably all seen them, that are either promoting suicide or they're showing you what suicide looks. And there's some good and there's some bad to both of them. But it always has the stigma of maybe the person who did it was weak. They, they couldn't have been going through something. They couldn't have actually been deeply hurting. They were just weak. They gave up. But what I want you to know is that having those thoughts does not make you a weak human. You're not a weak person. And more than that, the church is a safe space. Like we should be able to talk about this stuff right here and it's, Yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, it kind of makes us squirm in our seats a little bit. But this is the place where you need to have the courage to talk about that kind of stuff. Because it doesn't make you weak to feel that way. We all do. And maybe your inner dialogue, the one that we don't always express all the time, maybe your inner dialogue, it sounds a little something like this. It's, you're, you're, you're sitting here thinking to yourself, Man, all I need to do is just kill myself. And all my problems and all my pain will be over. And then I can quit being a burden to everyone else around me. If this thought makes sense to you in your head, that means that your joy and your hope and your value has been completely robbed from your problems, they may feel like they go on forever. So you, so you feel like killing yourself is like it's the only option that makes sense, right? Your problems go on forever, so what else is there to do? Think of it this way. When we can't see the truth, the lies, they start to make sense. We start to follow the lies. We start to do what the lies say. We let the lies lead us. And that's a problem because, well, they're lies. But tonight, I want you to try to silence those lies, even momentarily. Just even for a second, try to silence those lies to hear the truth. Jesus continues in John chapter 10. And he says, I have come. That, may, that you may have life and have it to the full.
full. You see, Jesus wants you to have life. That is the truth. Anything else, any other message that's the opposite of that is a lie that's going to steal from you, kill you, and destroy you. And not only does he just want you to have life, he said at the end there, he wants you to have a full life. He wants you to have full life, a life that overflows, a life that's abundant, a life that people can look at and say, wow, that person is different. Why? What is going on that makes them so different? However, if you believe that you don't have worth, you're believing a lie, and then you're not living a full life. If you believe that the world is better off without you, your value has been robbed from you, and you aren't living a full life. If you believe the pain will never get better, it's not the truth. If the difficulty of life seems like it will always be too much to handle, it's not true. If you believe that no one will totally understand you or what you're going through, I can promise you this and tell you tonight, Jesus does. The lies being told to you may feel true, but that doesn't mean that they are. So I say tonight, don't let the lies steal your life. This doesn't mean that you're never going to hear these lies again or feel them again. But you don't have to give them power. You don't have to replay them over and over and over in your head or do what they say. Instead, you can choose to replay truths. And tonight, I want to share a story with you that can explain a truth that I think can change your life. So we see the story of Jesus going to the cross, right? And in this story, there's a character, and he seems to kind of interrupt the whole thing. He seems out of place. His name is Barabbas. And we don't even really know much about Barabbas. Not much at all besides the fact that he's a criminal, he's a murderer, he's a crook, he's a bad guy. Why he's even mentioned here the first time I read it, I don't really know. It was a story about Jesus I didn't want to hear about Barabbas. So, in this very moment, there's a man named Pilate. He's a Roman emperor. He's in charge of them all. He gets to execute them. And he thinks he holds their lives in his hands. On this day in particular, he gets the opportunity to choose one of the prisoners that he can let go. It's his choice. He can choose Jesus or Barabbas. But instead, Pilate yells out to the crowd. He looks at the people and he says, who do you want? I mean, in my head, this shouldn't even be a question, right? Like one is the living son of God. And the other is a rightful prisoner. He's a man who should be on death row. He's a bad man. He's a crook. He's a thug. He deserves the chains that he has on him. And he deserves the crucifixion. And what, what has Jesus done besides heal and love? But the people, the crowd yells out. They, they say, we want Barabbas. Give us, give us Barabbas. So the Roman soldiers, they come up on the platform. 
they put the key into his shackles and they unlock him and they fall to the ground. His chains fall to the ground. Barabbas walks off the platform. He goes to his friends. He's just being embraced. And there's no record of Barabbas turning around and saying to Jesus, I owe you everything now. No, there's, there's none of that. But God, God knew that would happen. And Jesus, Jesus just sat there silent. Because he knew the will of the Father. He said, that's fine. Let him have Barabbas. Because Jesus knew that God would have to treat Jesus like Barabbas. So he could treat Barabbas like Jesus. And Barabbas, I mean, he thought it was the people who set him free, right? But no. No, it was, it was God's love that set him free. But the thing is, whenever I look at this story and I really look at it, I realize something. I realize that I am Barabbas. That's you. That's us. And reading that, I can't stand Barabbas. But I hear God say to me, I hear him say, I love Barabbas. I love Barabbas. And I'm thinking, no, God, he's a bad man. He's a criminal. He's awful. He deserves it. And I just want to sit there and argue with God. But I just keep hearing over and over. But I love Barabbas. You see, God sent his son for Barabbas. Even the one that he knew would walk away from Jesus in his free gift and never come back. But it's our audacity as humans to say, yeah, I got saved. Or yeah, I know God. But now I'm in this deep dark place of bondage, depression, and suicidal thoughts, and I'm going to have to get myself out of this. God doesn't want me anymore. My only option is to help myself or give up. But that's the exact opposite of the gospel. That's the exact opposite of what God wants. So I ask you tonight, are you, are you bound by something? Are you held under by the power of depression? Do you feel like all these sad and depressing thoughts are controlling you? And what are you, what are you going to do about it? And we say all the time, we say, oh, I'll just shake myself free. I can get through this. I'm gonna, I don't need help. I'm going to get through this on my own. And God doesn't want me anymore anyways. But stop that. Because you won't. You're no match for the powers of hell, for the urges of depression and sadness. You can't keep searching within yourself. There is no answer within yourself. Your own goodness, your own discipline, your own friendships, your own devotion will not save you from the powers of sadness, depression, and suicide. And I don't say that to be a downer. I don't say that at all to be a downer. I say that all because there is hope, but there's only one hope. There's only one and he's the one that took your place. He's the one that stood silently on that platform with Pilate and said, yeah, let him have Barabbas. Take him. Take me instead. So I get to thinking, how many times have I stood on that platform with Pilate and Jesus and I'm the Barabbas? And they start to take my chains off. And I say, no, 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 I, I deserve this pain. I deserve this sadness. I deserve this depression. 
I deserve to feel this way. I deserve to die. But Jesus looks at me and he says, no. He says, no, son, go live a full life. Let me have it. Let me have your guilt, your shame, your pain, your sadness. And I think, no, no, God, I did this to myself. This is on me. I deserve it. I'm so ashamed right now, God. I'm so ashamed of myself. And God says, give me your shame. And I think, God, what if I, what if I do it again? I can't, I, no, what if I do it again? He says, I'd still be here. And I just, I keep thinking, I'm like, God, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't go on. I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. I can't keep fighting it. And God says, go, live a full life. Give me your sadness. Give it to me. And look, this is, this is all we've got, okay? It's all I've got. It's all you've got. And we can, we can sit here and we can play games. We can play church games where we pretend like some people are just better than others. And that's why they're blessed. And then we've just screwed it up too much. And that's why we are, why we are where we are. And we have no hope. Or we can come to the honest conclusion that it's God, and it's God alone. The greatest challenge in your life is not your discipline, it's not your devotion, it's not your focus. Your greatest challenge is going to believe you are valuable. So could it be that there is a God with a love that's so great and so wide and so deep and so vast and so high and so expansive and so forgiving and so welcoming that he would let me say, you can have it. He'd say, give me your sadness, son. Go live a full life. And I say, okay. And I give it up to him. And I stand here in this weird, empty space of feeling forgiven and valued. I don't know what to do. And Jesus walks off to the cross that I deserve. And I can see him walking. But I stand here, a free man, all the attention on Jesus now, right? And I can feel the love of God calling out to me and saying, go, live your life, live a full life. So where did we get off thinking that this isn't a, a life worth living? Because here's the truth. It's still Jesus. It'll always be Jesus. It'll never stop being the power of Jesus. If his blood is sufficient enough for your salvation, then it's sufficient enough to sustain you through every challenge, every dark path, every mistake, and every, every single thought. Jesus is enough. dark because I needed a hiding place. No matter what I did to be good, I kept messing it all up. Like I had a parasite. A monster inside of me that was determined to take every beautiful thing and make it ugly. If anyone ever found out I was afraid, they'd be so disappointed or angry before they could run away from me. I ran away from them. 
I was the master of all life. I discovered things that would give me bursts of happiness, but everything faded. I hunted for anything that might be sustainable. It was all I really wanted, something deeper, to feel loved instead of broken. In the dark, I felt comfortable, never whole. There had to be a reason I was created, a bigger picture, an origin that made the universe and everything in it, including me. I suspected that my breath came from somewhere, something, someone, that my life wasn't just a random occurrence based on an accidental blast. I watched the sun set and rise. I saw trees grow tall from tiny seeds, the recycles in the earth I could explain. Some that were a total mystery. All of this was evidence of a creator, an all-knowing but distant God, watching from somewhere outside the darkness. God who knew my shame and was probably just as disappointed as everyone else. What I never saw coming was how much this God loved me. What he would give to be closer to me, closer to you. He knew we needed help, so he invaded the world with light. God sent his son Jesus to earth with a simple mission. Show them how much I love them. When Jesus arrived, he had every right to be judgmental. He was the son of God who saw everything he'd done in this world. A world his father created and reacted with punishment and disgust. Instead, he demonstrated God's love. He showed us God's love was radical, teaching messages that challenged the expectations of the rules we have been. He showed us God's love saw everything we did in the darkness, yet he still ran straight for us. He showed us God's love was overwhelming, unshakable, unlike anything we had ever known. Jesus knew cost of our sin was death, and only he could pay the price, so he paid it. He sacrificed himself to give me new life with God. He died on a cross for me so that I could know exactly how much God loves me. He rose from the grave three days later, destroying death and proving we could trust everything he said when he was with us. Nothing in the dark invites me to stay except for things that fade. From outside in the light, I have a whole and lasting life. I'm invited to be loved by the God who spent all of history making move after move to get closer to me. The light reveals God is persistent, gracious, love everlasting. And all that is required from us is a response. All that we give up is our life in the dark. I'm a sinner in need of a savior. We don't have to hide anymore. In God's light, you are loved. See, you've already been free from this bondage, sadness, hurt, shame that you feel today. God doesn't want you to feel valueless and take your life. He set out to give you a full one, 
a full life. This is why it's so important. So important. We make sure that we don't let lies lead us. So tonight, let's lay down those lies. We've come up with a couple different ways that you know we want to get this done tonight. This is important. We know everybody has different ideas and thoughts of how they want to express how they feel. So one of the ways is that we want you to text Tribe Move to 94,000. Let us know you're hurting. Let us know you need help. Either do it now, do it later, but do it. The message, it goes to me or TiVo. No one else can see it. It's just between us. Another way is that TiVo and I are going to be, we're going to be here to talk to anyone tonight. So after this service, we're going to slip off into the cafe, go that way. We're going to go over there, and if you need to talk, we're going to be there. It'll be discreet. No one has to know you're doing it. But if you need to talk, then go there, and we're going to be there for you. Or during this next song, if you want to find a leader in the back of the room, tell them you're hurting. We encourage it. This isn't embarrassing. Here, we don't hold that stigma, that thinking these things and talking about it is weak because it's not. It takes courage to step out and to get help. And lastly, under all of your seats, you can go ahead and grab a sheet of paper and a pen. It's just a short five or so questions Fill out your name, answer them all. And during the next song, you can do that. You can start doing it now. We want everyone to fill these out, okay? It's really, really important for us that you do. Because you mean the world to us. And there's a lot of information that's really best help you. And on your way out, you can hand it to a leader. Hand it to me, hand it to Tivo, whoever. And we'll make sure that it gets to the right place. Look, just, just don't be afraid to seek help, okay? I was. There was a time in my life where I was deeply scared to seek help. And it led me down a very, very dark path that I don't ever want to see. Your life is worth living. If you hear anything tonight, I want you to hear that. Your life is worth living. You're so loved. You're so important. And you're so valuable. And if these lies of the opposite keep recurring, they become normal to you, then tell somebody tonight. Don't wait. Tell someone tonight. Because God loves you, and we love you. I love you. Right where you are. But you don't have to be there alone. Say it one last time. Don't let these lies steal your life.